Um, you know, it's funny how different years kind of get different things you remember them by. Like, you say, you say the year 2020. I mean, I mean, to me, that still has 2020. It's like 2020, man. 2020 was a bad year. Man, everyone, everyone knows about 2020. And I suppose different people that have lived through, you know, big years. You say the year, it's like, oh, man, 2020 was 2020. COVID is like, it took over our lives, right? Um, but at the end of the year, when I think, okay, 2024, what am, what am I going to think? What am I going to think about that year? Because it's true, we just have one shot at this year. And so I don't say it to be melodramatic, I say it for this purpose. Um, and that purpose is we ought to think before we invest. We ought to think before we invest. Um, we ought to invest informed. And I, I was kind of, kind of started thinking, I like using analogies for things, and I started thinking of, of time as an investment. I don't know how much all you are into investments. I don't do a whole lot. I do a little bit. Um, but if you do invest, you can figure out pretty quick that if you just kind of go on, you know, whatever site you might use, and you just randomly pick investments, it's usually not going to end up very well for you. Like, you need to do a little bit of homework. Can you figure out what's doing well? Um, what's up? What's down? You know, is the market good? Is it bad? Right? You want to you invest with some sort of knowledge. Well, it's the same with our time. You know, we're all, we're all investing our time kind of whether you want to or not, right? It just happens naturally. But we ought to invest our time informed. We ought to invest our lives informed and not just kind of randomly sowing to the wind. Okay, so maybe, maybe what are some things we ought to consider? I'm going to be looking mostly at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 this evening. So if you want to turn there. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And just by way of, of prefacing this a little bit, um, a lot of this parallels, the passage goes, kind of goes right along with what I wanted to talk about tonight. But um, you kind of have to preface it with that, that the whole book of Ecclesiastes, um, Solomon is kind of making a, a continuous argument, which he doesn't really come to a conclusion of until the conclusion of the book, the last chapter. So we're kind of picking up kind of Solomon's his, 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 um, his argument here, his, his, his line of thinking, we're kind of picking it up right in the middle. So we're missing what's before, we're missing what's after. So some of the things that we see here, we're going we're gonna to kind of assume the answer from what we know later on in the book, if that makes sense. Um, but we're kind of picking up his argument right in the middle. But we're going to try to work, go right along with what Solomon is saying here in Ecclesiastes. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're going to start right in verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. You'll probably recognize these verses. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. So what is, what is Solomon saying here? He's saying, you know, life... 
One of the things he's saying here is life, life is filled with all sorts of times and seasons, right? We do, we do a lot of things in life. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in life, both the big things and the little things. You know, Solomon in these verses is addressing the fact that all these different times, all the things he talked about here, they're, they're, they're just a part of life. And each one has its place. Um, a time of life beginning, a time of life ending, a time of planting, a time of harvest, joy, sorrow, and all the rest, right? We all experience the ups and downs in all these events in our lives. And, you know, times, times of, comparative, of comparative level in between, right? You have the ups, the downs, and maybe the times of levels. We all experience a lot of different things. And that's just a natural part of life. But look at verse 9. Solomon asks this question. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? So Solomon is asking the question, what, what is the profit of all these things that all of us do? What is the profit? What is the point of it all? You know, I've often thought about how many people in, in our world today just seem to take evolution for granted. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into all, all the, the science side of it, um, but it's just, just the, the, the practical ramifications of believing evolution. Because evolution tells us that all of us are here randomly. It just all of us have everything that happened. It just all happened randomly. Survival of the fittest. Just things the way they are. It's the way they've evolved. And basically, what it tells you is that there's no point to your existence whatsoever. There's no point, there's no direction, there's no plan. Um, you know, the beginning was so long ago, we don't even know really when it was, and there's really not going to be any ending unless, you know, um, maybe someone blows up the world or something, or global warming, or whatever, you know? There's kind of no beginning back there in the hazy future. There's kind of no ending unless something happens. And in, in us that are here, there's really no point to us being here. Um, and man, that, that's, that's, that's so depressing. Imagine living like that. Really, really no point to your existence at all. Like, I don't know, to me, that, that's, just, that's just so depressing. And so their answer to that question would be, well, I mean, kind of, kind of nothing. There's kind of no point to my life at all. Um, so what is our answer? Um, And evolution will say, well, I mean, there's kind of no point. So you, you, you kind of got to ask yourself, well, why, why would I do anything? Um, or why not do anything? Why not do anything I wanted? Or why not do nothing? I mean, either one kind of really doesn't matter because there's no point anyways. And it's kind of sad to think of a person living like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that we all, whether we believe in that or we believe in what we believe, that all of us, any of us, could live our whole lives and labor our whole lives and take nothing with us. And all of us will, in some sense, right? All the things that we work for here in our lives, we can't, we can't take most of this stuff with us. Um, and it's easy to get distracted with, with, with things, and stuff, and money, and finances, and, and all the other things. And then at the end of the day, you realize, I mean, it doesn't matter. For the evolutionist and for the, and for the Bible-believing Christian, none of us are going to take all that stuff with us. None of us are going to take all that stuff with us. I, I was reminded... Um, I watched several versions of the Christmas Carol over um, the Christmas season. I, lo I love that story. I love Dickens in general, but that story, I really love that story. And probably most of us are familiar with it. And there's one scene 
um, where um, Scrooge is with the ghosts of Christmas yet to come, and he visits his pawn shop. And he, I think he kind of has a little bit of inkling, but he still didn't realize what's going on. But basically what's playing out is, is that the people in that pawn shop are selling to old Joe, the man in the pawn shop, all of Scrooge's things. And basically, the point that Dickens is making is, is that all of Scrooge's life is kind of boiled down into these few things that he thought were, were very precious. Um, but that was kind of it. It was just these things, right? It was just these few things in his legacy. But it didn't really mean much. And Scrooge kind of walked away asking himself the question, what, what was the point of this man's life? And all of us need to ask ourselves that question. What is the point? What is the point? And this is the question that Solomon is posing here. What is the point? Well, let's keep reading verses 10 and 11. I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So we see the travail. We see the travail of the world and we see the beauty. Um, each kind of, you know, different seasons of life, right? Going back to the beginning part. There's, there's beauty in our lives. There's hardship in our lives, right? It's all part of our lives. Um, but then it says here in verse um, 11, also he has set the world in their hearts and no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So there's this sense in all of our lives, and, and sometimes I was, I'm, I'm stuck with this, I'm sure you are, as you're just out and about in your life. You know, today, today was a day like this, and after so much rain, I was driving to the church this morning, and, the, and the, the sun was kind of low in the sky, and the snow was glittering. It's just like, man, this is amazing. And I, it's, it's hard to imagine, I mean, even if I, if I didn't take the Bible for granted, it's hard to imagine all of this just, just happening, right? This, this is incredible. Look at nature. Um, just looking up at the night sky, just looking at, 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 the, at the scope of, of space. And man, you want to talk about an understatement of a word, space. Um, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, we went, when we were at the uh, Creation Museum, we went into this exhibit, and maybe you've been into something like this. It was like a, like a planetarium type thing. And it just shows the vastness of space. And like, our section of space, which is so big you can't even really map, wrap your mind around how big it is, and that's tiny compared to everything else that's out there. Like, it, 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 it's literally impossible to wrap your mind around the size of everything that's out there. And you look at all that, and you, you, you can only come to the conclusion that, man, there, there, there's got to be a God out there. There's got to be, right? Um, this seems to be what Solomon is saying here. He said, he also has set the world in the hearts, so then no man could find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And at the end of the day, we've got to realize, man, there's, there's somebody out there that made, that made this. I mean, and you look, at, you look at the tiniest little things. I mean, in college we were forced to read this, uh, this um, journal article on quantum physics. And you know, it, was, it was pretty much like this. But basically the idea was is there's a lot of really tiny things. Um, that's, that's about everything I got out of it. So there's, there's a lot of tiny things I can't even see, you know, and, and a speck of dust. It's like a whole little world in there, right? And then you look out and you look at space and it's like, I mean, <laughs> you can't even wrap your mind around that. Um, and it's like, okay, there's, there is, there is, there is got to be something out there. And I believe that there is with all my heart that made all this, understands all this, that runs all this. And he's in control of it all. 
and he has a plan. Um, and when you get a sense of that, you just get a sense of, man, you know, I, sometimes I think I'm pretty hot stuff, but <laughs> I can barely keep my little life together as opposed to God who's keeping my life and everything else together all at the same time. It's like, wow, that kind of puts things in perspective. That we really can't know the beginning and the ending. Um, so no man can find out the works that God maketh from the beginning and the end. Verse 11. Um, and no man, no man can fully understand the greatness of God. But, but, here's the thing. This is a big but. We do understand more than most. We do understand more than most. This is something that, that really struck me here recently. Is what, what an incredible gift it is. What an, what an incredible blessing it is. What an incredible sense of peace it is to me, to us, that we know more than the most. That we, we know what the beginning was. Right? We can look back in Genesis and we can see how we got here. You know, more or less when we got here and why we got here. And then uh, I've done a couple, couple studies of Revelations. And man, Revelations is an incredible book. I'm so glad we're going through it on Sunday mornings as well. But man, we, we, we not only know what the beginning is, how we got here and why we're here, but we know how this whole thing's going to end. Like that, that's incredible. Um, knowing, knowing why we're here and how this whole thing's going to end, the, tra- the ultimate trajectory of what God's doing. Like, man, that, that's, that's incredible. And uh, this is kind of random, but I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Well, like a couple weeks ago, actually, I talked to Johnny about this. We were driving home one day. But it kind of struck me. Um, one day I was reading through Revolution, uh, Revelation, not Revolutions, Revelations. Um, and it hit me that John is, is someone who actually literally time traveled. Like, you think about that. Like, there's all kinds of books and TV shows and all kinds of stuff about time travel, and it's things people have speculated. I think there's probably people out there somewhere trying to figure out how to time travel. You know, people think they've gotten close, and it's, I don't know, whatever. But I think John, John has literally time traveled. This kind of blew my mind. But I was thinking, what if, what if we're at the point of history to where we're close enough to the end times where one of those people that John talked to or saw in his time in the future was me? Like, that's so weird to think about. Like maybe, maybe while John was up in heaven and he saw the crowd of people singing or while he was you know, seeing things happening on earth or whatever, he saw, he saw me. Like that's so weird to think about, that John might have talked to me in the future. Like that's, that's kind of bizarre. John in the past, he's, he's talked to me in the future. Like that, that's possible. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, and I don't know why I get onto that. It's just something that struck me. Um, but, but all that I say is, is all, everything we see in Revelation, that's all, that's all real. That's not... That's not like a, you know, kind of a, a nice story, and I, I got thinking about it that way. Everything that, happened, everything that happens in Revelation is, is, is exactly what's going to happen, and John was there and saw it literally happening. And that's crazy, and, and he gives us a record of that. We know how this whole thing is going to end. We know, why we, we know how and why and when we got here, and we know roughly how this whole thing is going to end. And in between, for the time that we're a part of the time here, we have a purpose for the time that we're here. Like, that's incredible. That's, that's, that's an incredible gift. Um, 
And you know, many, many people in this world, you know, they're, they're worried, they're confused, um, maybe even scared, and maybe some of us are too at, at different points, you know, with, with the events going on in our country and in our world. You know, if you, if you listen to a lot of, you know, news or politics, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy stuff, and it's hard not to get at least a little bit worried or frustrated about it. Are you with me? You know what I'm saying? Um, especially, you know, think of this, this is election year, we kind of see the way things have been going in our country for the last four years. You know, what if certain people get in the government again and certain people don't? What's going to happen? You know, my 401k is going to be out the window. The economy is going to crash. You know, who, who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, rising prices. Um, you know, maybe the rise of socialism or totalitarianism in our, in our country and in our world. Not to mention just the flat-out godliness, godlessness that, that's in our country as well. I mean, all these things are concerning. And people, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of scared of what, what's going on. You know, throwing global warming, freaking out into the mix. And man, it's, it's pretty crazy out there. Um, you know, maybe piled on top of that, you have, you have you know, struggles with health, health issues. Um, you know, maybe, maybe family issues. And, you know, maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe there's that one person at work who really bugs you on top of everything else that's going on. I mean, it's a pretty bad deal. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's no one at church that really bugs you, but maybe at the workplace, you know, might might be possible. And you think of trying to deal with all that with a perspective of, I really don't know why I'm even here to begin with. But for us, it's it's totally different. It's it's completely different because we know how this whole thing is going to end. We have that light. We have that truth. And we serve a God who says. Walk with me. I know the way. I know exactly where this thing is going. You don't stress about money. Don't stress about things. Don't stress about what your social standing is. Just follow after me and glorify me. And I promise you that the future will work out in a way that's best for you. Like that's, that's so comforting. You know, if maybe, if maybe working out ends up with us being with Jesus, maybe sooner than some other people, like, is that, is that such a terrible thing? Um, you know, sometimes I think, of, I think of guys like Jim Elliott, you know, dying at a young age. It's like, oh, man, what a, what a waste of a life. <laughs> man, you think, you, think he thought, um, you think he thought he got a bad deal as he was up, with, uh, as he was up in heaven with Jesus? I don't think he was thinking he got, he got a bad deal down here. Don't think he was thinking that. Man, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a bummer if we ended up being in heaven sooner than we thought? Man, what a bummer. Um, See, we, we shouldn't, as Christians, we shouldn't wander in darkness. We shouldn't wander in confusion and despair. Because, see, we have light and life and purpose and a direction to head in. Um, you know, honestly, um, a lot of pretty cool people headed in the same way. Um, maybe at different speeds, but a lot of people head in the same direction as we are. And that's a pretty cool thing as well. Um, let's look at verses 12 through 14. Verses 12 through 14. He says, I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labors. It is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be, for, um, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before, before him. 
So what's Solomon saying here? He's saying, look, fully enjoy the life that God gives you. Fully enjoy the life that God gives you. My dad always likes to say, um, you know, whatever, whatever that plate is that God gives you, lick it clean. Um, I like the illustration because I like licking my plate. And uh, it's not socially smiled upon, so I appreciate my dad encouraging that. Um, when you think, about, you think about a meal that you really like, right, and it's all gone. And a lot of times growing up in my house, um, it was all gone pretty quick. So basically all you had left to do was, was to lick your plate um, when you're duking it out with <laughs> seven other guys for food. You know, sometimes, man, it's all gone. I just got to lick my plate here. It's all that's left. But just, just the illustration of, you know, whatever, whatever the life that God's given you, live, live that to the fullest. Live that to the fullest. <clears throat> but... But at the same time, but at the same time, keep your eternal perspective. Keep that eternal perspective. Um, see, God, God has an eternal view. And we need to keep that in focus. God has an eternal view. And we need to keep that in focus as well. So enjoy life to the fullest. But don't zoom in on it and live um, and live like this is all we got. I mean, that can only lead to short-sighted selfishness. There is an eternity waiting for us in all that believe on Christ. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to live life here. I think I've said this before. But it's, it's sometimes it's so easy to live this life like it's, like it's totally removed from our eternity. So, like, you know, we kind of live our life down here and we do the best we can. And then, but then when we get to heaven, you know, that's, that's, when, that's when things really, you know, are, that's when we start living, you know, really living our lives or whatever. You know, it's, it's easy to think as, as the two, our lives now and our lives in the future as, as these two separate things, right? And this thing, this thing, this life in the future, this time in heaven, it's kind of something we can't really understand. But someday we're going to get there and it's going to be amazing. And we just got to kind of live out our existence in the meantime. Do the best we can in the meantime. But the thing is that the moment, the moment we accepted Christ as our Savior, in a sense, our, our eternity began. And the time here isn't insignificant. You know the word I'm trying to say. It matters. It's important. Um, and this, this is a part of our eternity. And, and honestly, it's, it's a very important part of it. And it's a time that... It's a very short time. Um, because, man, you think, you, think, you think of eternity. Because, again, it's one of those things you can't really wrap, wrap your mind around. But you think of space, just the size of space is like, I mean, at a point, there's, it comes a point where your brain just kind of shuts off, right? Your brain just kind of blue screens and you can't take anymore. And it's the same when you think of eternity. It's like, man, eternity. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I kind of understand the concept, but at the same time, I don't at all, right? Um, and this is such a tiny part of, of what is going to be our, our total lives. But the time we have here, I mean, there's so many things that we do now that affect, you know, all the rest of that, not only for ourselves, but for others as well. You know, again, that's not, that's not sensational. That's, that's just the truth. Um, And in, in the next verses here, I'm not going to take the time to read them, but, but Solomon kind of makes this comparison of, you know, we're not, we're not really that much different than animals, you know, because animals, they live and they die, and we're kind of do the same thing. But then he makes a point, 
Um, and verse 20 says, all go into, into one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. And then he, but then he says, who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Because see, the point I was just making is, is, is that death isn't the ending, right? It's, it's the start of a new chapter. Um, and the Bible tells us, you know, that as wonderful as this life is, and this life is a wonderful thing, the Bible gives us clues that, comparatively speaking, I mean, this is, this is kind of the worst part of it. I mean, you have Isaiah 64, you know, I hath not seen nor ear heard, that whole concept of, oh, man, when we get to heaven, it's going to be amazing. But man, the time, the time that we have down here, it's so very important. It's so very important. And do we live the time that we have here with purpose? Do we live it with purpose? Um, you know, this, and this isn't meant at all. A lot of this is just, is just things I've been thinking through um, from my own, just my own thoughts. And, and this, this isn't in any way any sort of a, a guilt trip session. Like, you know, we've all been wasting our lives and, you know, whatever. It's not, that's not it at all. You know, it's not for me to look at you or for you to look at me and to compare lives or judge each other in any way. I think, hopefully, the thought is that this is a chance for each one of us individually to step back, take stock, and revisit truths, and to ask ourselves, or maybe ask God about ourselves, are we living a vain life or, or a life in vain? The life we're living right now, as, as Solomon says, is it all vanity? Or is the life that we're living now, is it a life full of purpose that actually means something? Just revisit the things that Solomon was saying. Enjoy life to the fullest. Enjoy life to the fullest, but don't lose sight of what it really is going on. Don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that this time is just waiting. It's just a waiting time for eternity. Because in a sense, we are in eternity now, in our life going forward. This is a very special time. Um, and we have a chance, each one of us, to invest the time that we've been given and in, in an eternal future. So let's not waste that time on things that don't really matter, on things that, like Solomon says, are, are vain or vanity. And you know what? That's going to look totally different for each one of us. It doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be something spectacular. It doesn't, you don't have to lead you know, a, a, a Paul type of life or a, or a um, you know, Hudson Taylor type of life or, or, or fill in the blank with your favorite you know, spiritual hero. Maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. Um, it doesn't have to be something spectacular. It doesn't have to be drastic or, or dramatic. You know, the, the, the success of a day or a week or a year isn't, isn't the amount of, of big events that you participated in or, or even necessarily how many people you saw saved. It's simply how much of the time that you have been given did you live in God's will, sensitive to his leading, and following his plan as he reveals it to you. And that's it. It's that simple. You know, we all have different giftings. We all have different paths. We all have different talents. But are we using what God has given us for God or for us? Because those are kind of the only two options that we have. 
Are we using what we have for God or are we using those things on us? Are we using what we have been given for God or for us? And it's really that simple. Live in joy. Live in peace. Enjoy everything that God's given you. Enjoy this life. And the rest is in God's hands. The results are totally up to him. You know, again, sometimes it's, it's easy to live life and, it's, and it's sometimes it's easy to, to, to measure the success of your life on results. You know, look back at this year, you know, maybe, maybe you thought, man, 2023, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gain 26 pounds of muscle, right? And then you get to the end of the year, it's like, man, I, I put on 22 pounds of fat, but not much muscle, so I'm a total failure, right? And it's easy to look at results. And maybe, maybe it's good to do that and, and with, 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 your, with, you know, different types of things. But... We can't measure our spiritual life by results because the results are totally in God's hands. What did God say? Paul said, you know, somebody's watered, somebody's, um, somebody's planted, somebody's watered, and I'm going to butcher this, somebody's fertilized, somebody's pesticided, what, I don't know what other things you do to plants. But um, you do a bunch of, right? People are doing all these things, but who gives the increase? It's God that gives the increase. You know, we sometimes, maybe sometimes look at our lives like, man, I feel like, I feel like I'm doing everything God wants me to do. I feel like I'm being faithful. I feel like where he wants me to be, but man, I, I don't really see these big, amazing things happening. Well, God, God, never, God never said the results are in your hands. God's always said the results are in his hands. Are, just are you being faithful to the place where God has you? Are you in God's plan? Are you living your life with purpose? And if you are, you can be content in the fact that, that God, God is working his will. And, you know, none of us really know the impact that we're having if we're in God's will. But we will have an impact if we're doing what God wants us to do. And we need to trust him with those results. So in 2024, I just want to challenge you. you know, whether, whether you set these big, amazing goals, um, whether you're not really a person that does that type of thing, well, all of us, I think, ought to live our lives in 2024 with purpose. As a church and as individuals, let's live with purpose, and let's invest our time fully into the kingdom of Christ. Let's pray. Amen.